and gentlemen, to another episode of Soothe to Sleep Stories. I am your host, of your lashes against your skin and feel all the tension leaving your forehead, the furrow of your brow, your cheeks, your lips, your smile Feel the tension leaving your shoulders, the small of your back, and because down to your lower back, separate. your hips, your pelvic area, your thighs, your knees, your legs, your calves, your shins, your ankles, all the way to the tippy, 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 tippy part. Today, I'm going to bring to you a topic that speaks dear to my heart and perhaps it'll speak dear to yours. It's about anger. So let's pray before I begin. Dear Adonai, Heavenly Father, Thank you for this precious, precious time that I get to spend with you. And thank you for sharing this with so many others. And it's just something that I want to share with my viewership here because they all mean so much to me, Lord. And pray for them and I know that you care about them, every single one of them. For even the hairs of their heads are all numbered by you. 
Well, Father God, not one little detail in their life goes unnoticed by you. So I thank you for them, and I thank you for your anointing to come over this message, delivered in a soft-spoken way, Lord, for you can be gentle. And so I thank you for anointing me as I share what I have learned and continue to learn and what you have helped me to work on, which is anger. In Jesus' name I pray. By the power of the sweet Holy Spirit, I seal this prayer. Amen. Alright, so let's turn to Matthew chapter 5, verse... We're going to go through verses 21 through 26. So before we begin, I want to just tell you a little bit about two kinds of anger. And Jesus explains this. And it's also explained in the Old Testament and the Psalms and Leviticus. And that is righteous anger and unrighteous anger. What's the difference? Well, righteous anger are when it has to do with being angry at things that God hates. For example, things that oppose God are not right in his eyes. When Jesus got angry when the Pharisees and other religious leaders tried to prevent the people from coming to worship, because they had all of these rules and regulations that no one could live up to. That was righteous anger. But let me ask you a question. Do you usually have righteous anger? Or is it unrighteous anger? I guarantee 99.999% of the time it's unrighteous anger. Unless it has to do with injustice human rights, for example, or, or, or things that oppose the things of God as a Christian, as someone who loves the Lord, as someone who loves the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Okay, so let's begin and we'll go from there. Verse 21, this is what Jesus said about anger, and I'm reading from the Passion Translation by Brian Simmons. Jesus said, You're familiar with the commandment that the older generation was taught. Do not murder or you will be judged. But I'm telling you, if you hold anger in your heart toward a fellow believer, you are subject to judgment. And whoever demeans and insults a fellow believer is answerable to the congregation. And whoever calls down curses upon a fellow believer is in danger of being sent to a fiery hell. See, God hates violence. Since Cain murdered Abel, there's been violence. The first recorded violence in the Bible was when Cain murdered Abel. And in Psalm chapter 11, verse 5, 
it also describes. Well, let's go there. Let's go to Psalm 11, verse 5. Don't take my word for it. Psalm 11, verse 5. Let's go over there. says he will test both the righteous and the wicked exposing each heart God's very soul detests those who love to resort to violence and this is why Jesus said it was so you were in danger of murder if you were angry because unresolved anger unresolved frustration can lead to action. So ask yourself some questions. Am I one who gives in to unrighteous anger? Ask yourself, one, is this a behavior or a pattern of yours? Is there a pattern? Two, Do you use name-calling, curses, criticism, threats, violence? All of this means you lack self-control. And is that not one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit, self-control? Three, are you embarrassed of what happens behind closed doors? Let's get real. Behind closed doors, is that when you give in to unrighteous anger? And the reason why I'm saying this, sweethearts, my sweethearts, my sweet suit to sleep story, sweethearts, is because I have struggled with anger. I have struggled with unresolved frustration and anger and sometimes it comes out in name-calling in criticism in frustration you know in, in going into my room and just like throwing a pillow down on the bed throwing myself on the pillow you know slapping the pillow <laughs> you know it's not it, it's it's awful I hate it because it's un resolved frustration and anger that I have not reconciled to the Lord because this is the good news is that if you feel the same way I do if you have the same story I have got hope for you and this is a process for me this has been a process but Jesus is the only one who can fix this he's the only one who can fix this and that's why only through Him, He gives us the gift of redemption. He redeems us. And He, Jesus, was a gift that we never had to earn. 
And look at what Leviticus chapter 3 verse 1 talks about the fellowship offering. Basically, it was that if you had something against your... Uh, it, it, it was an offering that was that, give, that was given for your sins, to atone for your sins. But Jesus became... Jesus was the, the offering that we never even had to get. He was freely given to you and to me. We never had to buy him. We never had to go search and, and you know, like they used to have to search and their animal, you know, and find the top of all the, the creme de la creme of the animals or their grains or, you know, different kinds of offerings. Jesus became the ultimate sacrifice and yet he was the ultimate gift given to us that we never even earned. We never earned him. The Father freely gave him to us. It's mind-boggling how merciful God is. And we put him on that cross. I don't care what anyone says. We did it. If back then, it would have been us. We put him on that cross. Our sins put him on that cross. Our sins nailed him to that cross. Our sins pierced his head with those piercing crown of thorns. Our sins pierced his feet, his hands, speared his side where water and blood poured out after he died, after he gave up his spirit. Those 39 stripes that he took before he even went onto the cross were because of our sins. And God in his mercy took our place. We should have, that should have happened. He took our place so we didn't have to. So we didn't have to go through that. God himself came down, took our place so that we can be reconciled back to him. Simple as that. But he reconciled back to the Father. And it's up to you if you want to receive him or not. But don't wait. It says today is the day of your salvation. Why would you wait? It is the biggest thing you would gamble to wait to wait. So receive him at least as your Lord, as your Savior. And then receive him as your Savior. Okay? Just say, take take me, Lord. I'm yours. Take me, Jesus Christ. I'm yours. Come into my heart. I repent of everything. Come into my heart. Come into my heart. Cleanse me of all unrighteousness with your blood. In Jesus' name. It's so simple. He made it so simple for us to receive him. And then, as you work on sanctification and your process, and you grow close to him, and you, you get involved in a wonderful uh, church, which just supplements what you do privately with him, growing in him in private with the word of God, and in prayer, and in worship, you're going to grow. You're going to grow. And you are going to, he's going to help you. So, getting back to the solution that Jesus has for unrighteous anger is right here in verse 23 through 26. Jesus said, So then, if you are presenting a gift before the altar in the temple, and suddenly, you remember a quarrel you have with a fellow believer. Leave your gift there in front of you. 
leave it there. Just leave it in front of the altar and go at once to apologize with the one who is offended. Then, after you have reconciled, come to the altar and present your gift. It is always better to come to terms with the one who wants to sue you before you go to trial or you may be found guilty by the judge and he will hand you over to the officers who will throw you into prison. Believe me, you won't get out of prison until you have paid the full amount. So basically, Jesus is giving you and I the solution of unrighteous anger is to solve the issue conflicts with the person that you have a conflict with. with. With people who are in your lives. Before you come to worship. Because, Leviticus 3.1, because We must not mix frustration, anger, that's unresolved before we come to worship. God loves a pure heart that comes to Him in worship. Now, let me say this, okay? This is from my experience. Do you know how many times that some kind of offense will happen right before I am supposed to go worship? supposed to lead worship. I've been leading worship for three months now called worship at the park at dark. God has me starting to do it to break fallowed ground that had been so demonic and violence happened in this area and God told me I want you to go and establish my territory there and take back the territory that the enemy has stolen. I said okay. By faith I started showing up and it was just my mom and I at first. And now it's just about six people at most. It's a small gathering, but boy, does the Lord show up. Sometimes we've seen the moon rise behind the mountain as we begin to worship. I wish I could show you all this, but I don't have the right equipment where I could show you what happens at night in the beautiful sky. But I've had, there's just been incredible testimonies of his glory during worship where we really just get into worship. But do you know how many times that um, I will be tempted into unrighteous anger right before we start. I'll be tempted into frustration right before we start. It's usually with those closest to you. And it's right now with my mom because, you know, that's what happens. You're close, you, you, you see each other all the time. It's bound, it's bound to happen. You're gonna upset each other somehow. You're, you're going to offend each other somehow. And I've had to, Lord, forgive me, please, actually, the person, Mom, forgive me, please forgive me, Lord, please forgive me, and then vice versa, my mom has had to do, honey, please forgive me, Lord, please forgive me, but it's something to be aware of, because it's like right before worship, and I know it's a tactic of the enemy, the littlest things, because it's such a tactic of his to try to cause little bit of frustration mixed in there before you even go into worship and no I'm not saying don't go into worship that's when you run to worship okay because I have had to do this so many times I'm about to lead and something 
maybe she's late or running late or maybe this or maybe that or maybe all these questions and I'm just like <laughs> I don't know whatever it is I get we get there and I'm just like frustrated and then I start worship and then after a long time his presence comes because it takes a while because I didn't come with a pure heart I'm it's mixed with frustration but because I run into him and I run into his arms and worship, he then takes that and purifies my heart with his presence, with his forgiveness. When I, I ask him for forgiveness and I just go right into worship. And then it's happened where, um, where, I mean, you know, think about it. The enemy, Lucifer, right? He was a worship leader and God made us. We took his place, sweethearts. We've taken his place. God created all of us to worship and we express it in different ways, but mainly it's to declare the high praises to him. It's to, it's to adore him. And that is usually through singing, through, could be shouting, through, uh, through, music, through instruments, through dance, so many different ways you can express yourself, but usually those are the ways because you're declaring his high praises and you're reading it back to him. You're, you're singing it back to him. You're declaring it back to him. You're, you're, you're just lavishing on him. You're worshiping him. He's God. So Believe me, the enemy will do everything he can to try to stop that. He'll try to do any distraction it takes. Have you noticed that you're on the way to church or you're about to get online or something and there's some kind of distraction or some kind of frustration or maybe some kind of fight that happened just before you got on? Happens, right? That's, that's the trick of the enemy. So God gave us a solution to, to solve that conflict. But what happens if that other person won't forgive what happens they don't have to forgive you they should but they don't have to so what happens this is what happens a good prayer and this was by my pastor today it's an incredible sermon that he taught on today about anger righteous anger and unrighteous anger is what he's focused on and that is he, he brought up a, a, a prayer called the three chairs prayer. So imagine, I want you to close your eyes right now. So close your eyes. Okay. And imagine that this person that has offended you, wounded you, could be a lot of people, but just choose one person right now. One person who offended you, wounded you, what have you, could be present, past, and they're sitting in a chair right in front of you. Okay. Imagine imagine that right now. Now imagine you across from them in your chair and you ask them, before you ask them, you tell them what they said, how what they said really hurt you and offended you and wounded you and hurt you. And then you ask them after you tell them that what they said was hurtful or did was hurtful you then ask them, why did you do this? And 
Just let them answer in your imagination. Now let's add a third chair and let's put Jesus between you and the person who offended you. Okay? So now it's Jesus and he's sitting in the chair and he is he is the bridge between both of you. What is he saying right now? Is he saying I created each and each of you and this breaks my heart and just as I have forgiven you both you must forgive each other for whom the Father forgives I forgive and now I want you to open your eyes how was it for you? When I first did this, I heard Jesus say in my imagination, and I heard him say, you both need to forgive each other. Like this, you, you, you must forgive each other because I forgave you for your sins. And so, if you cannot forgive each other, then why should I forgive you? And here's another tip that the pastor brought up today that was so profound. He said, Jesus said on the cross, on the cross, dying on the cross after being tortured, scourged, beaten, forced to carry his cross, and someone else was there to help him and be forced to carry the cross with him, then be nailed to the cross, then have the crown of thorns was before that, then, the, then, then, then just giving him a little bit of vinegar on a sponge to eat, to drink, because he was thirsty. I mean, and yet he said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do, or they, they don't know what they've done. In other words, he forgave them before they could ask for forgiveness. I'm going to repeat that. He forgave them who nailed him on the cross, tortured everything. He forgave them before they even asked Jesus for forgiveness. Now is that not mind-blowing or what? Is that, that is such proof right there and evidence how God has not one ounce of pride in him and that's all Satan. Pride is from Satan. It's not from God. Pride was Satan's biggest downfall and it's our biggest downfall. It stops us from going deeper with the Lord is pride. That's what a lot of our unforgiveness is, is pride. Oh no, they're not going to hurt me again. Then we're not trusting God, is he? Are we? Because God said, you must forgive. For your father forgave you. So you don't necessarily need their forgiveness, those that have hurt you. You can forgive and do just what Jesus did. He forgave them before they even asked for forgiveness. They never asked him 
for forgiveness when he was alive. That could be the same thing. These people that we forgive that wronged us, they may never accept. They, they may never ask for our forgiveness. And also, we've hurt others. And people we've hurt, I'm, they may never forgive us for hurting them. Also, another scenario is this could have been with yourself. Could have been you in a chair and you in the other chair. Because sometimes we don't forgive ourselves of things that God forgave us for. So I hope this was a topic that helps you because there is really nothing out there for me when I've been going through this and I thought I need to put this I don't see a lot of in-depth talk about anger like what I've been ex what I've been processing experiencing I mean that one verse was so confusing to me that says in Psalms um, it says be angry and do not sin what for someone who may be prone to unrighteous anger, that can be a very confusing verse. Of course, that's referring to righteous anger. Jesus was righteously angry at the injustice of the way the people were being prevented from going into worship, to worship the Lord by others who were defrauding them, berating them, trying to make them live up to standards that no man could live up to or no woman could live up to and that was righteous anger he did not sin not one sin was found in Jesus and even though he was tempted to even though he overcame every temptation to sin because he lived as, as a man on earth he understands that's why it's amazing that's why God now is even more amazing than God to, you know, 6,000 years ago, 4,000 years ago, when he revealed himself to the Jews 6,000 years ago, right? Or actually 4,000 years ago, plus. But he was around before then, and he's always been the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's eternal. He has no beginning and no end. I know it's hard for us to wrap our, we can't. It's unfathomable. We can't wrap our minds around God and try to explain His existence. But He is God. And I'm just grateful. I'm grateful that I was able to share this. Let me know what you think in the comments, of course. It's been a long time since I've been on here, but... Um, this was something really dear to my heart and I just wanted to come on here and, and talk about uh, you know, unrighteous anger and righteous anger but mainly unrighteous anger alright until next time I hope this was soft enough for you until next time blessings to you
enjoyed this evening's episode of Soothe to Sleep Stories. I am your host, Lonnie Brock, and you can always feel free to click on the listener support button if you want to make a small donation of any amount so that I can continue this. It allows me the freedom to be able to continue this. And I appreciate you so much. I hope that this is putting you to sleep. sleep.